0: Hey guys, you're listening to Musings with Townsend and Preacher Man, the podcast where life issues and the Bible collide. We hope you enjoy today's topic and are encouraged to do some musing yourself. Thanks for listening.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Musings with Townsend and Preacher Man, where we sit right this minute. Well, it depends on when you're listening to this, guaranteed, but if you're listening to it on the day it's live, we are on the cusp of a three-day weekend. Townsend, how does that make a person feel?
0: It makes me feel great. It means I get to go home and visit my family how about in Tennessee. That?
1: And you've gotten some kind of birthday party coming oh, up, don't yeah, you? Oh, yeah. The little Boy. one's turning three. You know, there's such a big deal, And but you, it's like you cross a line and then people stop wanting to talk about birthdays. Yep. I don't know what age that is necessarily. It's probably different for people, but you know, it's like, oh, I'm turning six. Oh, I'm turning seven. And then you tell somebody, oh, my birthday's tomorrow. How old are you? That's rude to ask. You know, it's <laughs> not, whoa, what happened? Yes. yes, but we're right on the cusp of Labor Day weekend. God bless every laborer who has ever made the good world possible, especially the laborer of all who labored for six days straight to make all of creation. We appreciate God for all that he's done and all that he continues to do. And we Absolutely. appreciate that he makes this opportunity possible for us to be with you, for you to be with us. You are citizens of listener land. We are letting God fly the plane, but we are sitting up front trying to help all of us muse on things that maybe we don't spend enough time talking about. Or like today, I'm going to go ahead and confess, today's topic comes straight from a conversation that I had with my oldest son. And so this is how we learn what to talk about, and, and especially in the days we live in. Sometimes God makes these topics so pointed that it it kind of i don't know if I'm using the right word it make it, it it makes me almost feel uncomfortable that he's that involved in what that what he wants us to talk about yes. and how sometimes timely they seem, but all right, enough of that intro you've heard the you've heard the intro intro and then you heard me rambling, and now here we get started let's just jump right into what we want to talk about this week so To let some of you know, I have three children. One of them is old and, quote-unquote, an adult now, turned 18 very recently. The other two, I'm having to teach how to drive. They're twins, and I'm doing that two people at once with the (laughs) blessing of having a godly wife who is a better teacher of driving than I am. I do a lot of screaming, I notice, or maybe yelling is a better... I don't know what word. I I raise my voice. I get very aggravated very fast. She is so calm and so patient. They're very lucky to have her. But the oldest... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the oldest is 18, and he has decided that the call upon his life is to serve his country by joining uh, an, a branch of the armed services, and I admire that. I, he comes from, not me, that skipped me, but his grandfather, uh, his great-grandfather. Uh, there's, a, there's some military service in our family line, and I admire that greatly, to take that responsibility on yourself, especially when you think about defending people that you'll never meet. But he asked me a question very recently recently. And I thought that it bore not only repeating, but some musing with the wiser part of this duo over there. So
0: (laughs) I've already said this one's kind of a hard one for me.
1: Okay, well, that's good. I want you to tell me why, and and let's see, let's talk through it. But my son sat down, and and he, and, uh, he asked, he said, if you're in the military, and you're put in a position where you have to take a human life, does that put you outside of being able to be a Christian? Does that make you out of step with God. In other words, if I am a soldier defending my country, am I consigning myself then to eternal punishment because I've made the choice to to do what is going to be asked of me? God forbid it's asked. And so I gave him an answer. We discussed that for a little while and, and, and ultimately uh, kind of not bury the lead. You do need to find your own peace here, but understand what God says about being a warrior and about killing or murdering versus defending or holding up something that is righteous so before we kind of think our way through it the question on the table is wh- how how does a person handle being what i'm going to tongue-in-cheekly refer to as a holy warrior the christian who is also a soldier who is perhaps called upon to take human life now you said townsend this was a difficult one or uh you know a more challenging sort of to think through what what, what exactly do you mean
0: Well, you know, my first thoughts when I just glanced at this topic was going back to the King Solomon. You know, there's a time to kill, there's Mm -hmm. a time to heal. You know, that whole yes, a time for war, a time for peace. And so, I know throughout the Old Testament, especially, there were many times where the Lord would would call for the death of people I Mm -hmm. mean and he would his wrath would bring about that I Mm -hmm. mean there were times where that came directly as a command from the Lord Right. so I have no doubts in my mind that there are times that that is something that is unavoidable okay um but I can see where as a human being and and I shared with you this about being at peace you know and you mentioned finding your own peace in this I think that it would be a very hard thing for me to do to carry out that, and then to be fully at peace with having done so, even though knowing that that call came from the Lord and that call came from a higher authority than myself. Right. Whether that's from you know the government and that in you know those people are placed in those roles from God mm-hmm. ultimately, mm-hmm. and so you know I think the hardest part to understand is. The grand scheme of things. And I think when I, when I truly break it down and compartmentalize things and I understand fully that everything goes back to the glorification of our savior and it goes back to the ultimate will of Christ, the ultimate will of God, it's easier to carry out those duties that are not something that brings about peace Mm -hmm. in my mind in the moment, Mm -hmm. you know, but when I'm sitting here as a mother, as as a wife as a daughter and i know like i'm a sister also of of a guy who considered that path once upon a time and you know i know his heart i don't know that he would have ever been able to truly live with carrying out that
1: Mm -hmm. you know that act there are plenty of examples of people that struggle with with the weight of that, absolutely.
0: And so I don't, you know, that this is a hard one for me to wrap my mind around entirely, like you said, being at peace with being able to do that. But I do fully believe that there's a place in heaven for people who carry out those specific duties. Mm. And I don't think those are things that that God views as murder the way that, the Ten Commandments are telling you not to do right, so
1: uh you actually, in our pregame before the mics ever turn on, you kind of dropped the mic on on what you were just saying, and you mentioned you know this idea that things can be commanded or instructed, or we can be led to things and certain behaviors that we have to be a part of that we aren't necessarily going to be at peace with. Right. And that doesn't put me in some sort of divide with God. Right.
0: Well, I mentioned it to a friend of mine who was struggling in marriage. We all struggle in our marriages from time to time. And she said, you know, making this decision, I don't feel at peace about it right Mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. And I said to her, and it was one of those moments that I felt truly confident in what I was saying, and it was coming straight from God. I don't think sometimes when we're carrying out what God's calling us to do, we're going to be at peace with it right then. Right. You know, I don't know that that's something that he even intends on.
1: Yeah, there's some learning involved. Yes, and there's a
0: process. Right. And so in that moment, I think, you know, that you – there's a lot of times I'm going to call my child to do things that I don't think she's going to be at peace with right when I'm telling her to do it. Sure, But But the ultimate ending of it is the result is – what God is needing from us. And so, you know, I don't think that these scenarios that we muse on quite often are going to end in a a peaceful, you know, I think I say this all the time in the Sunday school class before we hit COVID and we weren't meeting, Mm. but I would say, you know, the, the rainbows and unicorn life, you know, we call in the world of horses, in the world of barrel racing, something the horse that's most sought after, the most the one that you drool after, the one that you just want, we call that a unicorn. Mm. And then of course your rainbows, fairy tales, and unicorns, that's not the life of a Christian. Right. It's just not. Yeah. And so I think so oftentimes we the church And people outside the church tend to look at God and think, oh, what a peaceful, loving, oh, it's just a bright, sunny day in this field of sunflowers, and life is just... So great. And she just, just loves us all, and he's so great, and we <laughs> love him so much. And it is. It is a beautiful thing to be loved by Christ, but it's much deeper, and it's much Absolutely. harder, and it's and it's sacrifice, yes. and it's living in times of not feeling peaceful about the things that God's calling you to do, but knowing that ultimately being in his will, the final result mm-hmm. will be what is needed.
1: Right. I, I like to remind myself that uh, momentary momentary obedience – leads to a life of righteousness yes it's obedient in the moment over and over and over again gives me a life of righteousness
0: absolutely sometimes
1: we want to think too far out in the future instead of dealing with the right now yes and so i do i also recognize when my son is pondering these things or any any man or woman on the other side of my microphone who either is or is strongly considering you know that sort of service to your country to me and you don't know me i I'd really honest, I pray God's richest blessings on somebody who takes that much of a heart choice about defending those that won't sometimes never know they were defended. And so you put in that position where you might have to be involved in taking a human life. Okay, well, the trouble comes for so many from a biblical point of view, because you've heard perhaps for a long, long time that the Bible says, thou shalt not if you're King James, or you will not, or you shall not, or you must not commit murder. And so if I'm taking a human life, am I not murdering that person, and thus I have broken this command, and thus I am outside of the good grace of God. And there are entire groups of faith that are pacifist because of that one statement, because God says this, you because it's translated, you shall not kill, in the King James Version. And so there are many people who say, well, I can't kill, therefore I can't uh, operate in any sort of military service. I am a pacifist, and and I you can't I, I, I cannot be expected to do that. And they're given that freedom in this country, which is beautiful. But I'm not going to try to say the Hebrew word because somebody that knows more is going to hear it and then quit respecting me as a human because I can't <laughs> say it right. No, it's Trisha. I believe that's the Hebrew word for murder in Exodus 12 thir- or 2013 is trisha. It means to take life without necessity. It is, it is the word murder. To kill for only the purpose of killing. To take a life that had no need to be taken, if that makes sense. It is not the same as defensible killing. So murder is you just drove down the street, you saw some uh, elderly gentleman walking down the road, and you turned the car and ran him slap over for no good reason. That's murder. If you were sitting in your living room playing checkers with your granddaughter, and a man kicks your door in with a pistol, and you turn around and clocking with a, a, a bat that you had with you to protect yourself and to protect your your family, that's not murder. That's killing in the defense of something else. So the first thing that a soldier needs to, and I'm not going to say accept, like just get over it and get used to it. I'm just going to say the first thing that a soldier, a holy warrior is, is needing to hold on to and realize is that if what they're doing is in the defense of of their country in defense of even their just their company or their little platoon that they're a part of. If, if you're defending against the threat of something else, you're not murdering. And so what God says that's recorded in Exodus, Exodus 20 literally has nothing at all to do with you. And that's extremely Absolutely. important that it God is literally not talking to you whatsoever.
0: Yes.
1: He is instructing you not to murder just like everybody else, but he is not at all telling you that you are destined to burn in hell because you defended your friend, you defended your soldier mate, you defended whatever in warfare. That is not murder. That is the exact opposite of what that word means. And so it is wrong for anyone to have ever used that and applied it to someone who was seeking to defend a higher calling or a greater good in that in that fashion. So that's kind of step 1. Uh, in fact, what my son and I discussed is well, you got to understand what what is god saying there versus what we need to hear him saying about the call for defending defenseless
0: yes and we so often we we say this I feel like on every podcast and it really steps on my toes when I leave every single week from recording and I think am i doing this but context is key mm. and diving into the scripture is a must right in order to fully understand what God's calling you to do and so there's so often times in my past where I tr- we talked about this last week what is your truth you know and the things Thing is you can't fully understand and I don't think this side of heaven, we literally just said this last night with my little group of women in our Bible study about trusting in God and and fully relying on him and understanding the depth of his love and his the depth of his call to us. But there's just some things this side of heaven I don't think we ever will understand. No, it's not
1: possible. To. I mean,
0: there we just can't. So our musings can only go so far, folks. Mm. Yeah, yeah. But our responsibility to be able to bring you information is to dive in and understand the context. And so in turn, we're begging that same of you.
1: Absolutely, because it 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 burdened me when my son asked this. Now you have to understand, let's talk about context for a second. This young man has only ever known Dad the pastor, okay? He doesn't know Dad. Well, when he was very small, it was different, but he's he's always known Dad the ministry something, whether I was in music ministry or I was in, in youth ministry with my wife or serving. he's always, That's all he's ever known. And so he's been raised with whatever kind of understanding you think a pastor would raise his son with, all those things. he had. And yet still he's confused on that. That because we can't know it all, we can't have thought through it all, we can't, we can't accept it all. Well, and
0: even to know your son, this is me sitting on the other side of the musing table here, but those in listener land who don't know him could say, hmm, his background, whatever. But for those of us who even know him personally, this is not a path that you would have foreseen coming. So it's really not something that a a conversation that would have been had until it hit. So that's what, I mean, I want that to be an encouraging moment for listener land to say, hey, even those who study the Bible a lot and are supposed to know, in case encounter things every single day that they didn't see coming.
1: Right. But here, so he asks me this question. We talk about it for a while and I, I 100% recognize, you know, uh, we were talking about uh, being single a couple weeks ago and I said, I have to confess, I can't understand this fully. Right. Okay. So I can't understand what a man or a woman who goes somewhere else away from home and they're put in a position to take a human life. I can't comprehend what they are carrying at that point. No. I can know what they did, and I can tell them, hey, the Bible is not condemning you for what you've just done. I I can point those things out, but I can't understand it. And so I saw my son weighing those things out, and it hit me, he's thinking about physically taking a human life, and he's asking a murderer if God's going to punish him, because I murder people. See, it bothers me that we're stuck on whether Exodus 20:13 is condemning soldiers and yet Jesus says this in Matthew 5. You have heard that it was said to the people long ago, you shall not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Yes. Jesus is equating the way we treat one another emotionally with murder
0: and any amount of hatred that we have in our heart toward another human being is the exact equivalent to murder. Right. And so I see that daily taking place before my eyes between social media and the television and the radio and the, what the internet, whatever. I mean, it's there right in front of our eyes every day. And then those people may not be nearly as concerned as, and our that's soldiers. what
1: just dug at me as a, just as me individually. And then me as recognizing what I call the capital C church, my son and people like him being burdened by this idea of, but what if I have to kill? And Jesus is pointing out that we are all killers and there are not enough of us caring. Why is he concerned about something he hasn't done and we, the church, aren't enough concerned about things we're doing every day.
0: Yes, amen. We,
1: we have invented ways to hate one another from across the globe, whether it's an Instagram. I know we talked about it last week about you know how social media and all that, but we have created ways to hate one another and then never care about it because I can turn it off. I don't have to look you in the face. I can say it about you without looking at you, and then I don't have to look at you to see you cry about it. I don't have to see how it destroys your life. I don't have to see any of that because I just put it out there and lo- walked away. And Jesus said, I'm telling you, the same understanding of that law told to people long ago, you need to deal with right now. And yet, when I was asked by my own son this question, I realized, even in my own life, I don't deal with this enough. Oh,
0: that wasn't where my mind went at this. You talking about it now, my mind is going 90 miles an hour like, oh my word, I have not even dealt with this in my own life, not even considering the fact that... The burden that it places on somebody who actually has to go out of their way to carry out what God's called them to do and take the life of another human because they're serving this country, while some of us, including me, are over here sitting on the couch, right. just letting somebody else have it, and I'm over here like, huh, don't care. You but know, we don't. Yeah, because ouch. Like, yeah, sure. Pay and attention, I, I, Christian. That's what, I want
1: it to. I want it to hurt me because that's going to grow me. You know, Jesus. Talks about being the vine and, and his father is the vine dresser, you know, and, and I'm growing off of Jesus. And he says specifically, the father prunes the vine. Yeah. That means part of me has to be cut away so that I can grow even better. Well, this is a part that I think too many of us, to the holy warrior out there who's struggling, would you please hear me when I tell you you're not alone? I know you have a much more visceral and physical issue that you might be dealing with that involves the quote unquote killing. But you are so far from being alone because any moment that you sit around people, you are sitting amongst other killers. And in fact, maybe it's right to say, shame on us for not carrying the same weight that you're carrying. Yeah. It's only because, and I I apologize if I'm being too, like, you know, descriptive, but because you saw the blood, because you saw the physical response, you carry that great weight. Shame on us because we just walk away without having to look at anybody. Absolutely. And Jesus said, This is just as real. This is just as worthy of judgment, that you are just being angry with someone, that you are—you've probably heard people more often talk about him saying, if you hate your brother or your sister, but it's the word—if you're just expressing this angry, you know, to the point that he goes on and says, if you call them fool, if you call them—basically you look at them as less, and you call them a fool— you're accountable for judgment.
0: Well, in that moment, the condition of your heart is so poor that you are absolutely falling into the same category as a murderer. Right. And therefore, you know, you look at it, but a soldier in the moment of duty, the condition of his heart is in no way, shape, form, or fashion. I would think. Right. Now, this is, sure. I know there's exceptions to the rule there, but their heart is in no way in comparison to the same as somebody who's taken the life of someone out of just pure hatred or right. sitting on their couch like we're talking about. About and just spewing hatred right mm-hmm. and left, mm-hmm. the condition of that person's heart is nowhere near similar right. to those that are that are carrying out acts of hatred. Well, and
1: it's interesting. I, yeah, I said that the military thing kind of skipped me, but I am hyper interested in war. War, being a warrior, that call to defend, and I like to listen to uh, or read books or listen to people talk. You know, in documentaries about about especially what we call a hero. You know, so let's say some guy who threw himself on a grenade or who threw his buddy down and he took a wound because he was trying to save somebody else. And it seems very interesting that quite often, I don't want to say every time because that's too general, I suppose, but quite often when somebody's asked, you know, what were you thinking when you did that? Their answer is, I didn't. I just did it. I knew my buddy was in trouble, so I just did it. The church has to be too convinced to show kindness today. Yes. We have to be, too, instead of I just did it, I just forgave because it was just who I am, or I just did it because I saw they were hurting. No, we have to be, God has to set a bush on fire and let a pillar of of clouds you know, fall down in front of me, and, and the birds have to start talking, and a donkey speaks, <laughs> yes. and this, all this stuff has to happen for us to be like, oh, okay, that must be what you want, and instead, you look at this, I just, it really, and he'll never know, because here's here, here's some insight, I would bet All the tea in China, my son will never listen to this. (laughs) But he may be right. He will never know how much he made his father think about my own me, my his father's relationship with killing, because he's too worried about something he hasn't done and maybe never will. And yet, I've never once been burdened by the number of times I've killed somebody. Using Jesus's judgment. Yes. His definition.
0: Same here. That's exactly when you started talking about it. And that's why I love Musings with Townsend and Preacher Man. Because not only, guys, does this lay out some stuff for you guys to think about and consider on a whole new level. But I feel like every week we both walk out of here like, hmm, didn't think about (laughs) it that way. Or new stuff gets brought to the table by each other. Because like we said, we don't rehearse this. This just starts happening. We start talking. And I left last week, and I literally had things on my phone that preacher man said. And when I read them back to him, he said, who said that? And I'm like, well, you did.
1: (laughs) That happens a lot. Yes. My, My wife would tell you that happens very often. But I love
0: it that we let God take the lead in this and we just roll with it. And this stuff that brings about heart change, I hope it happens for you guys in listener land to consider something on a new level. I told him just when I came in here, it's so odd that this topic is falling on the day and the time period of which we're in. Um, there's a lot of issues going on about, you know, police brutality and defunding the police and mm. things like that. And, and police and soldiers are called into a similar line of duty. Yeah. And they're both really called to maintain peace and order you know and and there's just times where that cannot be done without some sort of violence and that it's a sad world that we live in but it's not god that has created the evilness in this world that has demolished the peace it is us Mm. and so that's just a huge thing when you you sit here and talk about that murder i'm like man my heart is not my head and heart just wasn't even the right place coming in here and I'm leaving with a whole new mindset
1: that's good I mean that's part of us growing together and and that's including everybody that's a part of this you know I want to be different I don't I I I don't even like the sound of my own voice so I'm not doing this because I think oh I'm this is so great and listen to her and listen to me no I the, the whole desire of this was for you and me to help with others be better at what god's called us to be which yes. which is the other part about being a holy warrior that i think you me and uh, and everybody soldier in the military or not needs to own up to which is every one of us is called to be a warrior of god absolutely and there are not enough soldiers accepting their orders so i agree let me just go to the book of ephesians same kid who wants to serve in the military is uh my wife's Bible drill kid, if you don't know what that is, that's where you had to memorize Bible verses and this stuff and go to a contest, <laughs> yes. and he did that a couple, maybe once or twice. One of the first things he had to memorize was in Ephesians 6, the armor of God. Yes. Well, I'd like to point out, A, if you've don't if you never thought about this, when Paul wrote to the Ephesians, he's not writing to an individual. He's writing to every Christian in that whole area. Okay, he's it's better to say to the church in Ephesus, meaning to the Christian's who call the area of Ephesus home. So he's talking to a lot of people. And by nature of it, he's talking to all believers. And so he says this in chapter 6, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Put on the whole armor of God, he says. First off, I'd like to note it's not a suggestion. He doesn't say, you should consider putting on the armor of God. He says, do it. It's what you learned in elementary school as being an imperative sentence. You will, whatever the sentence is. So he says to put on the armor of God, and he says to put on the whole armor of God. And so my thought is, my question would be, do people who aren't going to fight wear armor, or do people who do fight wear armor? In other words, do the frontline folks armor up, or do the people that aren't even on the battlefield armor up? Who armors up?
0: Those frontline folks, that's right.
1: And he's talking to all believers, and he says, put on armor. That tells you where you are as a believer.
0: Where you should be.
1: On the front line. Yes. And then he doesn't even suggest that you're not in a battle. He is blunt. He says, we, that's all believers, do not wrestle against flesh and blood. So we're not fighting against flesh, but against, in other words, we do fight against rulers, against authorities, cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in all the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand the evil day and having done all, stand firm. Paul, the Bible says every one of us who has called on the name of Jesus is supposed to wear armor on a daily basis because we are fighting a battle that is not against flesh and blood.
0: Well, I think we fail to realize what that verse is truly saying is that. It ain't going to be easy. Uh, like in. That's that's the part of it that we as Christians fail to realize is like he literally lays it out there for us in layman's terms. This is what you're going to encounter. So suit up, guys. Right. Yes. And then we tend to be like, oh, my gosh, it's got so hard. What is this? This must be not for me. I shouldn't. You know, we mm-hmm. start doing this pity party stuff for ourselves and so it, it just it does. It makes me sad for us to not realize that. You know, I said this before, but there are so many doors of opportunity that open when you really accept your role in Christ. Yes, like and and it is. It's motivational and it gives you this overwhelming like. Yeah, I mean this. Team thing, everybody wants to be a part of something, right. everyone wants to have a group that's after a common goal. And so, Christians, make it known and speak it and let people know that you're wearing that armor. Like, team up and let's go with this. Be warriors, yeah.
1: But because we're a product of the days that we live in, you know, the COVID 19 and opinions about it and behaviors and all that, it's widely shared through media and social media. And I Forgive me, I I never mean to be offensive, but I just couldn't help but think, this morning even, if, for the past, let's just be generous and say five years, the Christian church was as eager to share the truth of Christ through every avenue of social media that we are currently sharing our opinion about the situation revolving around COVID-19. If we were as eager to share about Jesus as we were to share about covid and masks and riots and whatever else we wouldn't be having riots
0: exactly
1: because jesus would be at the forefront of everyone's mind but because we wouldn't suit up you notice that the enemy was ready to go because the enemy doesn't wait to put on his suit he's wearing his the the powers the principalities the spiritual forces i know there's plenty of people say oh you start to sound like a wacko when you start talking about that stuff well i didn't make it up it's in the bible there are things beyond what you see on a daily basis, the, beyond the flesh and blood that Paul mentions, there are things at work and they are working quite well. And it's because we haven't sat around and thought, what is my soldierly duty in Absolutely. the army of God? What am I supposed to do? If I put this armor on, where do you want me to go? If I put this armor on, how do you want me to wield this weapon? You know, Paul mentions every piece of the armor, tells us what it is. So what is my weapon? What is my shield? How do I how do I not get a face full of, you know, devil arrows? What what do I use to protect me? How does this work? You have to know it to use it, and to use it well, you have to be experienced with it. So what's wrong with us? Why I know this is intensely personal, but why can an 18 year old be burdened about how taking a human life might separate him from the grace of God and the whole church not be bothered that we're not standing up and trying to defeat the demons of hell in the same way?
0: Absolutely. And you know, the fact that we absolutely refuse to accept the fact that we are to be warriors and we sit aside so passive. And I just picture our Christian society today. I don't picture a muscular group of armored-up people ready to fight a battle. I picture a bunch of just flabby sissies sitting around just... I mean, waiting on the enemy to come and take us over. And I'm speaking about myself as well. I have not fully prepared myself as a warrior for Christ. And I have not until recently. I mean, I can sit here all day and pat myself on the back that for two or three years now, really since 2016 and the mission trip is when I became aware that I was like, done, fell off the wagon and didn't know it. Mm. But Okay, so for four years, pin rose on my nose, of my 34 years. Yeah. So I've had 30 years of just living passively, not accepting my role in Christ, and four years of halfway kind of acknowledging it. So I can't even say that I'm sitting here fit as a fiddle and sure, ready to go no. and armored up. So guys, do a self-check today.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it matters because... We're so concerned with saving our life in the flesh that we're watching so many souls be lost. And we were the ones that were supposed to stand in their way. Absolutely. You no know, you you mentioned you don't see muscular and it sound like you were trying to describe me about the flabbiness. I I heard what you were saying <laughs> but you know that I I'll I'll push that further. We sit around flabby expecting God to do something yes. when he is blunt in saying that we are the something. Jesus, his death, his resurrection have been used to empower us as his hands and feet. I don't know. They all start to blend together. I don't know if it's last week, the week before. At some point, you mentioned that God says we are his ambassadors. Yes. That is God saying, you are the tool with which I will change things. An ambassador in ancient Rome had as much authority to speak As the one he represented. So if you were an ambassador for Caesar, your word carried the same weight as Caesar's word. So if I am an ambassador for Christ, then when I speak truth... Now, let me make something real clear. If you said something that Caesar wouldn't have supported, guess how long you're going to be an ambassador? As long as it takes to separate your head from your body. Because you would be killed for that. So don't... When I say whatever I say for Jesus, I have the same authority... It's not like I can go run my mouth and say whatever I want. Jesus is saying, I want you to say what I've said, because it will carry the same authority. That's why he tells Peter, whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven, and whatever you bind on earth, but you have the power given by Jesus to speak for Jesus, to say what he says.
0: And that's huge. That's not... You've got
1: to own that. That's
0: not political. So-and-so said you could do this. So-and-so... That, that's for everyone. Right. I mean, that that's comes from the highest authority. But we
1: have this broken, buddy Christ, thumbs up, ignore every problem, don't say a word, get by, squeak by, be silent, don't say anything at all that might rub somebody the wrong way. And how has that made the society any better? I mean, look around. I, is it better today? No. I I mean I guess there's people that think yes, but I I hope they're in the minority. But
0: you know I honestly don't think people do think. I think that they when they when they sit down and look, they're constantly motivated for change too. I think the people who are living in well, these crazy fair. times, it, it, they're they're still motivated toward change, but don't have a clue how to go about doing it.
1: Yeah. I mean, okay. You know? I, I mean, cannot, you, yeah. You really see Everybody back and wants listen. change. I guess I just think some of that change is in the wrong way. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. But it goes Fair back
0: enough. to not that not having the knowledge you need, not wearing the armor you need to be wearing.
1: Right. So I'd like to quote David. Um, he is a uh, God called him a man of war. Uh for, for us who might not be overly familiar with how David's life kind of sort of winds up, David wants to build God a temple. He has the Ark of the Covenant, and he g- becomes kind of convicted that he's sleeping in this king's palace, and the Ark is, is not. And so he wants to build a temple, which would be a noble endeavor, and yet God speaks to him and says, Nope, you're not going to build me anything. First and foremost, and I love this, because I didn't ask you to. Mm. Ouch. I, I, I do too much without asking. I, I'll confess too. that. But God says, I didn't ask you to. And you need to recognize that you are a man of war, and my house will be built by a man of peace. Now, he's not shaming David because David fought the wars that God told him to fight. But he tells David that his son Solomon will build the temple because Solomon's life will be marked by peace, not war. So David becomes sort of, to me anyway, a very good picture of a holy warrior. Yes. And listen to what he writes in Psalm 144 of David, meaning he's talking about himself. From David, I wrote this Blessed be the Lord, my rock. Who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. He is my steadfast love and my fortress, my stronghold and my deliverer, my shield and he in whom I take refuge, who subdues people, and that's, he's talking about his enemies, under me. He is saying, blessed is the one who made me this way. And he's recognizing how he's been made as one trained to fight the enemy. Yes,
0: and I think it's safe for us to say as we come to a close that not every single person is called to a physical warfare with going and serving your country. Not every single person is called to that physical life of war here on this earth. Some of us are marked by peace. Some of us are marked by war, and God gives us all different traits in order to carry out his ultimate call, His will. And then what we have to also walk away is, though, that every single one of us are called to be a spiritual warrior. Yes.
1: I I would say, to, to, to process what you just said in my way, not everybody is called to be a warrior with tanks and rifles and explosions. Correct. Every Christian alive is called to fight a spiritual battle. Amen. Every one of us. So... You're not in a tank, but you're supposed to be wearing spiritual armor. You're not shooting a rifle, but you're supposed to be really well trained in how to use the sword, which is the word of God. You're not having bombs go off, but you are fighting a battle that is a daily, daily fight, whether on your own, because it's a battle you have to fight for yourself, or in support of others. Because through the humility of Christianity, we put others in front of ourselves through the dedication of Christianity, we take on other people's problems and help them through those. You know, there's so much even about this pandemic. I mentioned this before we got started. There's so much about this pandemic to me that looks perfectly tailored for for showing you how a Christian ought to respond, to help others, to to do something that might even be uncomfortable for you for the benefit of others. All those things seem so well-designed for the Christian response. But you got to put the suit on. You got to, you have to, you have to not let just the people who cross oceans or who cross county uh, country you know lines who are defending your physical life. You have to let them not be the only people wondering, "Do I recognize that I've taken life?" Absolutely. I use Jesus's definition. I've taken multiple lives. Multiple murders are on my rap sheet. Now we want to poo-poo that. Ooh, you know that that's just he was just being figurative. Mm. He says that when you do this, you 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 deserve hell. Yep. So that's a little beyond figurative for me. Okay. Uh, Secondly, if I see that same burden of does this put me out of step with God, I have to understand that, and this is, I guess this is where I landed long after my son, you know, because here he comes and drops this question. We talk for a while, and he's like, okay, and he's gone. And I'm left thinking, hmm. To those who are or who know someone who have taken life in warfare, I have more guilt than you because you didn't do what you may be afraid of doing. You know, you didn't murder according Absolutely. to Exodus twenty thirteen. I did according to Jesus.
0: It was never the condition of your heart in question, but mine, it definitely right. is.
1: So here you have this burden that you ought not have. And here I'm not being burdened by what I should.
0: Absolutely. And
1: I just, I want to believe that by recognizing that, God can use that truth to not only bring us to a repentant point but to call up on our deep insides the warrior that he put there that says okay then tell me how to suit up. Yes. Tell me how to get on Every the...
0: man was made a warrior right. in Christ. Tell whether me whether you how to it. own it or not.
1: Right, because look, I have laughed at some funny situations. My, you know, same kid who's pondering taking a human life and joining the military <laughs> took a punch right to his face trying to do some mission work in our own hometown. Uh, I, got a, I got another guy I respect and love dearly, and we go to a mission trip in another city, <laughs> and he gets punched <laughs> in the face. And, you know, in the moment you're like, whoa, hold on now. But you look at that and you laugh because by not bending from that, it communicated something to the people who threw the hit.
0: Yes, absolutely. And, they, and, and
1: I saw, just for a moment, an understanding of, wow, that didn't break you. In both of those situations or, you know, I've been spit at, I've been cursed, at, you know, and those things didn't break you. Well, no. You know why? Because a soldier doesn't break in those moments. Absolutely. I just did it. I didn't even think about it. Like I think about those those heroes that I, I've seen documentaries and read about. So, guys, I want to be a hero, not so that you would know my name or that, that some statue would be built, but because I been saved by the biggest hero. And he said, now go be like me. And so Townsend ought to be a hero, a a war hero in the spiritual battle that God has called her to fight. Preacher man ought to be a hero, a war hero, suited up in the way that God's told us to suit up, because we are all, in Jesus, holy warriors. So I know, I guess this is kind of a two-pronged podcast this week, and and I hope there's something for everybody who's been listening, but... If you learn nothing else, please remember that you are desperately loved by me and by my partner over there. We so much appreciate all of you. Uh, Aside from all the share, like, and all that, you know, take strip all that away. You matter because you're there, and because God loves you. And I don't even have to think about it. I love you too. I appreciate you. I hope you're safe. I hope you're happy. And I hope that you are becoming obsessed with trying to find a place to be kind and share some mercy and some grace with others around you. Remember, until we see you next time, I hope you have a happy Labor Day weekend. Enjoy a three-day weekend. Enjoy being in the presence of others and in the company of God and the Holy Spirit. Remember, though, to wash your hands, to be mindful of all that stuff until they tell us a vaccine exists that's safe and effective and Whatever that looks like, I don't know. But guys, we love you. We hope that great things are in store for you. Until we see you next time, hope that God keeps you safe in the palm of his hand. Yes. We'll see you next week, guys. Happy Labor Day. Bye y'all. Bye-bye. Musings with Townsend and Preacher Man is a podcast dedicated to encouraging you as you think and start your own discussions at home about God and the Christian worldview. If you like what you've heard, please consider giving us a five-star rating on the platform of your choice and share our podcast with folks you know. If you need to get in touch with Townsend or Preacher Man, you can email either of them at mtpm.podcast at gmail.com.